It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. In June of 2012, Danielle was hit by a drunk driver and sustained a traumatic brain injury, setting her life on a different course. Her inspiring story and perspective has touched thousands around the world. Her intention is to use what she learned to impact the lives of others through educating on mindsets, technologies, and techniques that can empower them to get the most out of their life. She joins me via Zoom from Florida. Danielle, thank you for coming on the Time with Fred podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me, Fred. I'm glad to be here. The pleasure is all mine. Danielle, not very often do we hear stories like being hit by a drunk driver and still making it alive, but then using those stories to, to, to impact lives. Can you take us back to 2012? Perhaps not a story that you'd like to rehash, giving what I imagine the pain, right, that, that all the emotions that come with it. But just take us as far back as you can and let us in on what happened to you uh, in 2012. Yeah, I'd be happy to. You know, it's interesting because I can look back now on what happened and have gratitude mm. uh, because it turned my life in a completely different direction and has allowed me to help so many people. And I think obstacles and challenges, they come in our lives for a reason. And when we're in the midst of them, it can be very hard to see and understand. I think if someone had said, this is one of the best things that will happen to you at the time, I probably would have kicked them. <laughs> so, um, but to take you back, you know, I was 23 years old. I was um, at home for the summer visiting my parents. I was teaching at the time. So I was doing a program called Teach for America after I had graduated uh, from University of Virginia. I'd gotten a degree in biology and I wanted to go teach for a little while. And I was loving it. I had taught for two years and I decided to go back for a third. So I was on summer break and uh, it was seven o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. I was in Baltimore, Maryland, and um, someone fell asleep after being out too late partying. And he passed out while he was driving and hit my car head on. And it was interesting because thankfully the car had, it was literally headlight to headlight. I mean, the car took a lot of the impact. And so my body was okay. Uh, and I walked away from the accident, but I kept telling everybody, to the paramedic, to the urgent care that I went to, I kept saying, you know, I really, I feel out of it. I, I don't feel right. And they kept saying to me, you're in shock. And I thought, okay, well, I've never, you know, I've never been in an accident before. So if this is what shock feels like, I wouldn't know, but okay, <laughs> you know, I'm in shock. But in the days and weeks, months, and then, you know, years to follow, it became very clear that it wasn't shock, that it, something had happened to my brain. And ultimately, the diagnosis that, you know, I was given was that I had a mild traumatic brain injury, a mild TBI. And I, I always say it's such an oxymoron, because there was nothing mild about it. But when it comes to brain injury, you know, you can, you can be worse than I was. You, I did not have a brain bleed. I did not have to relearn how to talk or walk or anything like that. Um, in fact, doctors said to me, Danielle, we try to get brain injury patients to your status. And I said, well, I can't live. You know, I, I couldn't focus for more than 10 minutes. I was incredibly sensitive to any sort of input. Like I couldn't handle even natural light. It felt like someone was shining a flashlight in my eye and noise was overwhelming to me. My personality had shifted because I just couldn't tolerate things. So I was very short, very abrupt. There was no filter. <laughs> you knew how I was feeling. And, you know, I was very dizzy. And the worst part was uh, with all of that was the migraines. My head felt like it was going to explode and nothing touched it. 
And so, you know, at the age of 23, you, you don't really have a, a plan B built in. Mm-hmm. And I attempted, I've been an athlete my whole life, you know, and you just, you kind of push, you keep pushing through, you'll get through it. And doctors at the time thought, well, you might come through it in a month, you know, and then they were saying three months. And so I'd actually attempted to go back to work. But it became very clear very quickly I couldn't and ultimately lost my job, which meant I lost my income, which meant I lost my independence and I had to move back in with my family. And that was another thing that really hit hard and, and was really hard to overcome was this idea that I, I can't earn money. Like I don't have my health and I can't physically work even though I want to. So what am I going to do with my life? You know, and then six months went by and at the one year appointment, my neurologist literally said to me, uh, Danielle, with this type of injury, your body's done the healing that it's going to do. And he said, you need to just adjust to a new normal and uh, shape your life around your symptoms. Uh, So it was something that, you know, sitting in that office, you look back and you have these like inflection points in life. And I had a decision at that point, which was to take what he said is truth and just live a life where I felt terrible or to refuse to accept that as my reality and, you know, not allow myself to kind of be a victim and just be in that space. And I said to myself, I said, you're fired. You know, I'm, I'm going to find a solution. I'd studied the body in school. I knew that the body was constantly wanting to get back to homeostasis. And I thought the brain is amazing. And it's like the last frontier. There's so much that that scientists don't know about the brain. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, we're going to figure something out. And um, it was really a pivotal moment <laughs> in all of it. But I'll, I've been talking for so long, I'll, I'll just stop there because that it was a very challenging chapter. I was severely depressed. You know, I had anxiety and I had panic attacks regularly. I, I just soaked my shirt from crying so much. And it was um, it was not easy to to go through that. What, what is it that makes one want to challenge the so-called expert right in the field? I mean, he's the doctor, he's a whatever neurologist, and he says, well, I've been doing this my whole life. And uh, in my opinion, this is how things are going to be. But then you chose not to believe that, right? What is it that makes one go against that, you know, conventional school of thought, the expert opinion and and and, and not, not buying into that, right? And I'm asking this because I've, I've seen, I've heard a time or two when people have decided to you go against whether it's a, a teacher or an expert, well, I'm using expert here in quote, right? Saying, well, your child's not going to amount to, no, you're not going to amount to anything, right? But then they decide not to buy into that and then they challenge everything and they end up far, you know, in a much better place than, than what these so-called experts. So what, what is it that made you not want to buy into what this, this expert again um, told you? You know, I think I call it my higher self. And uh, I think there is a part to us uh, that realizes we are so much more and we are connected to the infinite. And I, you know, everyone has their own beliefs around this, whether for you, it's it's God or it's the universe source. I think that there was something within me saying you're meant for more. You're going to do more with your life. Just ignore this one. And you know, there's, there's something that I've learned and that it's a simple equation, you know, math teacher in me, I love equations. So the external world plus your internal response to it Mm -hmm. is actually what creates your reality. And for me, I was, I was, I was feeling like a victim 
to the to the external circumstance, right? That I had been hit by this drunk driver, that I had sustained this brain injury, and I couldn't do anything about it. And I was angry, and I was upset, and I felt awful. And so that was my internal response. And so my reality was one where there was depression and anxiety, and it wasn't good. And it was like when that neurologist said that to me, it's like it almost snapped me out of it. Mm. And I thought, if these are the rules, if this is the external world that I'm going to have to live in with, you know, I can't handle light. I can't focus on a computer. Like I can't do all these things. I said, I'm going to have to figure out something else inside of me so that this is a reality I want to live in. And to me, a good reality is one where you are happy and can, you know, find joy in your day. And I thought, all right, I got to change something in here. So rather than feeling like a victim, because when you're in the victim you're giving your power away. You're saying there's something outside of me that is controlling this and I can't do anything about it. And I just want to tell everybody there is something you can do because there's something within you that can change how you're looking at it or perceiving it or, you know, what you do within that circumstance. It doesn't mean you condone it. I by no means was saying like, Oh, I'm grateful. I have a brain injury. That wasn't happening. (laughs) What I mean is I started to say, okay, how can I find happiness within this? And let me take that step. And then the next step is going to become clear, you know, and it was just these baby steps I started to take. I'll also say I've always been an avid reader and I love to read. And you listen to, you know, these people that have accomplished great things, athletes, entrepreneurs, you know, and they all have this commonality where like they're just they think differently. They push past. They like they're not okay with status quo that if someone tells them one thing is impossible. You know, the four minute mile, fine, I'll break it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I had been reading at the time, literally in my bag in this neurologist's office, there was a book called The Brain That Changes Itself. Mm. And I believe the author's name is Norman Doidge. And chapter after chapter in that book <clears throat> was an example of someone that had had a severe brain trauma, stroke, you know, injuries like myself. And I mean, you know, these people like half their hemisphere, like gone, like just crazy things. And it was talking about neuroplasticity and it was talking about the ability of the brain to, to rewire and restructure and the comeback these people had. And I said to my neurologist, um, what about neuroplasticity? (laughs) You know, I said that right there in the office. And he said to me, Danielle, that's a theory. It's not proven. And I was like, I'm more up on this science than you are. You need to read this book. (laughs) Goodbye. And I just thought, I'm going to buy into that. I'm going to buy into the possibility. Is it a high probability? I don't know. Like he was giving me probability. I think honestly, he just didn't want me to have a a bad expectation. Yeah, right. You know, I think he was trying to manage my expectations. Mm -hmm. I'm all about possibility. What's possible? I don't care what's probable. What what is possible? Because- we're connected to that infinite source. Absolutely, and you can create whatever you want. And and I like that. And we're not we're not downing you know the experts. We're not we're not downing you know the scientists and 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 you know doctors and all of that. So I just want to. But it's it's there's something about what you said, which is that internal response because we all have choices, right? We we all we all going to face with life. We all that's the reality. But then what do we do? with the results. And, and I'm with you that there are tons and tons of stories of impossibilities and quote of stories we heard about people who were told they couldn't make it amount to anything, but then defied the the odds. There's a guest um, a while ago on my podcast, um, Lois Letford, who, um, whose son was told by 
my teacher is that he was so dumb, he couldn't amount to anything, he, he wasn't catching on, he just wasn't grasping concepts. And so lawyers at the time brought his son home and decided to homeschool him. Of course, I realize not a lot of folks have the ability, right, to do that. But she decided that she she was going to not let that define, you know, that reality, right, or that narrative. And so she adopted a, an approach that she thought was more suited to to his her son's learning style. Long story short, he ended up going to Oxford University and earning, um, earning a PhD, right? And, and this is someone who was told by, by teachers that he was dumb, he, he wouldn't amount to anything. What if Lois had bought into that idea and, and decided to, to, to just take things at face value, right? What if she decided not to challenge that and, and give her son the support that she thought he needed, right? What would have happened? We don't know. But I think it's a very powerful um, subject here, uh, Janiela, we're talking about. So I, I wonder how many of us are going through life, abundant, you know, our dreams and hopes and, and goals just because someone or, you know, something told us that that, that, we, that we couldn't do it, right? I, I wonder, I mean. Oh. I do too. That's literally like what you just, that's where my, that's where I went after this. So I started to like, I started to see, like observe people. And I was watching like patterns of behavior and it was like all of a sudden, because I was on the sidelines of life, right? I couldn't do much, but I could observe family, friends, you know, things. And I was watching and I was like, man, it is like people are on a loop. Like they just have this behavior. And the way I started to like look at it was like, it was like they had sunglasses on. Like they were looking through this lens of like a belief that somebody else had instilled in them or maybe something from their childhood that they didn't fully process. And yeah. so it was making them always feel like, Oh, nobody listens to me. Oh, I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. And so they'd interact in the present moment, which I'm looking at it as the present moment, right? Like I see it for what it is. And I'm watching this interaction that makes no sense, right? That this person is having with it. And I'm going, oh my gosh, we have all these programs in us. You know? And it is wild when you have the chance. And I feel very blessed that I did. And it's something everyone truly does once they're aware of it. But it was like, I had the chance to observe my own programming and go, interesting, Danielle, why are you reacting like that? Like, what yeah. is that? You know? You mentioned um, gratitude at the very beginning, um, Danielle, and um, not that you're grateful for what happened to you because there are a lot of people who go through things like that and they're, and they're upset. They're, you know, life's treated them unfairly and, you know, it's it's there's anger. There there are all sorts of things. And why do you think gratitude? Why did you choose gratitude? I mean, why did you even think? I mean, what was there to be grateful for in in, in the experience that you had? Why didn't you choose to be upset? Of course, this was someone else's fault. Your career has been upended, and your whole life ahead of you, right? It's just been turned upside down. But still, in the midst of all, I'm sure in the midst of that, you know, it, it probably didn't occur to you back then, right? But now that you're looking at it, there is some level of gratitude. Well, why is that important even? Well, I actually started a gratitude journal. So when that doctor said that to me, and I was like, all right, I got to do something because this isn't a life I want to live, you know? And so I, someone had recommended to me to start a gratitude journal. And I, you, know, you kind of laugh at these things, but they're so powerful. So I got a journal and I committed to one year. I said, for a year, every day, I will write one thing. 
that I'm grateful for. And I won't go to bed until I write it. And so it sat on my bed and I, I literally wouldn't allow myself to go to bed until I wrote something. And I'd stare at that piece of paper for a long time because Fred, you got to remember, like I was, I top athlete, top performer in school, like living a great life. I was a big snowboarder. I was living out in Colorado. Snow, like I had my dream you know, at the age of 23. I'm like living the dream. And it was all gone. And so it's like, well, who am I if I can't even talk to a friend or like get on the computer or do like earn money? Like, who am I? And like, what is the point of life? And so I'd stare at that and I couldn't find anything to be grateful for. And then, you know, I it, oh, that strawberry was really good. Like the strawberry I had today was very tasty. I'm grateful for that. Mm. And so that and then I go to bed, you know, and then the next day it was like, I'd be so angry. So like, woe is me. Life isn't fair. Why did this happen to me? I don't deserve this, you know? And then it's like, well, you know, uh, I got to spend some time with my grandfather today. Like he shared a pretty nice story that I probably wouldn't have heard <laughs> if I wasn't living here at home. So like little things started to happen. And then all of a sudden it was like, it was rewiring of my brain. I mean, everything just switched and all I could see moment to moment. And I was so forced into the present. Okay. I couldn't plan an hour from now because I didn't know how I'd be feeling. So I was so forced into the present moment that I just started to see the beauty of the present, how the weather was, you know, the smells in the air, like just, just, I started to notice things that I used to be so busy. I never took and appreciated. And so that attitude of gratitude got instilled in me through doing that. And I look at where my life is now. So you fast forward 10 years. All right. Well, it'll be 11. Gosh, we're in 2023 now. <laughs> it'll be 11 years in June. And I look back at the last decade. I am. I don't even recognize myself. The person I have become because of this, I look at it and I go, wow, that happened for me. Had I not had that challenge, I never would have been forced to find my own voice. I never would have become an entrepreneur. I never would have encouraged other people to work through their own mental blocks, find their sunglasses, right? Become the best version of themselves. I never would have tapped into the my spiritual development, you know, and realized there's more purpose for our time here on earth. And, you know, I just... I would have been living a life that I don't know, by societal standards was probably would have been pretty good. <laughs> probably would have gone on to grad school, gotten a great job, had a great career. I mean, that's, if I look at the friend group I had, right. Mm -hmm. That's what they're all doing. <laughs> so, And there's nothing wrong with that, but it was meant to be something different for me. And had that accident not happened, I, I wouldn't know this aspect of myself. I wouldn't have known that I had that in me. And I think, Anytime there's a challenge, an obstacle, and, you know, guys listening, maybe it's not a brain injury from a car accident, right? Mine's pretty, pretty big, but maybe you lost a job or a death of a loved one, or you've had a sickness or something's wrong with your child, or, you know, you're going through a divorce. Challenges happen, obstacles happen. And I would just offer to you, you know, if the game was easy, we wouldn't want to play it. Right. We love playing games because of the challenge, because it makes us think, it makes us push ourselves, it makes us pull out something different. And if you look at life that way, what is this opportunity making possible for you? What is it trying to teach you? You know, sometimes life is so repeatedly putting things in front of us, trying to trigger 
us to learn, hey, you're viewing things with a lens. Like that's from the past. Take it off. You're not looking at the present. And life has a beautiful way of continuing to trigger you, putting the right people, putting the right circumstances, because it's trying to teach you. It's trying to say, hey, let go of that. Hey, that's not serving you, you know, or it's trying to say to you, there's something more. You haven't even scratched at your potential. There's something more inside of you. You've got to pull it out because the person that you're wanting to become, this next level of you, whether it's to be a parent or you know to get a promotion or to step out on your own uh, for your job, whatever that next level is for you, the person you are today is not going to achieve it. <laughs> you have to become a different person in order to achieve it. And so I watch it all the time in my work. You know, people that partner with me and they want to start a business, it's like, I almost, it's almost like predictable at this point. Within like three weeks, some big hiccup happens. They get in a car accident, their parent gets sick, like something happens. And I always just smile because I'm like, here's the challenge. So now's the opportunity. Can they lead themselves through it? Because if you can't lead yourself through a challenge, you know, and, and figure out how to become more, figure out how to manage life around what's going on, you're never going to be able to run a business. <laughs> you know? So it's, um, it's beautiful. Like life is a playground and it's constantly delivering us lessons. And when we look at it that way, we learn and we grow. And if we don't look at it that way, we're miserable. And we think, well, why me? And this isn't fair. And life is so impossible. And, you know, all that stuff that doesn't get us anywhere. Yeah. It's a very po powerful uh, perspective there, Janelle, because this, you know, yeah, someone is saying, well, Fred, I mean, if, if only you knew what I went through, if only you knew what he or she did to me, if only you knew, you know, how much grief and heartache, and if you only knew, right? I mean, you're, yes, I mean, we all have reasons to stay down, and that's what this podcast is committed to do, right? It's to help challenge those paradigms and minds. So we're not minimizing that. We're not saying it's fun that you lost your loved one. We're not saying it's fun that you have an accident. We're not saying it's fun that you, you lost all your money, that your business went under. We're not saying that it's fun because life didn't go your way. What we're saying is that in spite of, right, what's happened to you, we can use those as learning blocks and, and stepping stones into, into, into launching into our destiny. I can't tell you how many people I've interviewed who have told me that through that adversity, through that pain, they found their purpose. And you're probably saying, really? No, I don't want to go through pain to find my purpose. I don't, I don't want to go through that adversity. But that's really just how it is, right? It's the perspective. Danielle didn't ever once, you know, wish that this would happen to her, right? But but through that, if we can open ourselves and, and look at things a different way and say, in spite of what's happened to me, we, we can make something beautiful out of this. And folks, that's really what this podcast is all about. That's what we're passionate about, about what we do. That's where our guests are passionate about the stories that they tell. We're, we're, this is not um, some, you know, we're not saying life is a Pollyanna, right? No, we realize that life is tough. But we're here to say that in spite of the challenge that you're going through, there's something beautiful that can come out of, if only we're open to learning the lessons that 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 these things teach us. Um, getting a little emotional here, but Janelle, that's really what the point is. So, Janelle, you, you, we talk about the mind here, and I know you've done. I mean, you you, you how then were you able to 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 use this powerful tool? And I call this the mind. How, how then were you able to transform? I know you're when the neurologist told you 
you know, that this was going to happen, you kind of challenged that school of thought. How did that, how did you do that, right? Was it reconditioning? Was it just maybe choosing to think a different way? Can you kind of talk to us a little bit about how we can use the mind to change, you know, the, the things that happen to us? Absolutely. And I want to say this, what you just shared, that's the heart of everything. <laughs> and thank you for those words. And you know, I just offer to everybody, don't think, why is this happening to me? Say, why is it happening for me? Mm. You know, because it is, it's happening for your development and it's not, growth is not comfortable. Right. <laughs> you know? The magic happens outside of the comfort zone. Um, and people talk so much about post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, we go through a trauma and, you know, what, what kind of gets carried with us. People do not talk often about post-traumatic growth. And I think it's a shame. And I want to start shedding more and more light on this. And post-traumatic growth is people, well, like myself, right? That's gone through something traumatic and could easily, I mean, I did have PTSD. Like I had a lot to work through with, with driving again and all this, all this stuff, but it's like the bounce back. I used it. It's almost like, and I, I call it transmuting it right into something positive. That's post-traumatic growth. You hear things like this, like the Paralympians, so many of these people, right? They've, they've hurt themselves. They've lost the ability maybe to use their legs. And wow, they're like doing a triathlon Paralympics. Like, it's like, what? <laughs> you know, and that's post-traumatic growth. And it's just a simple, it's that shift in perspective, right? It's the internal response to what's going on. And no one can take that from you. That is something you have. And the question you asked me about, you know, how did I use my mind? I started to just observe my mind because, you know, I, I'm someone, and maybe you're this way. My mind used to be very chatty. I was constantly having thoughts, thinking about what I needed to do, reflecting on what I had done. You know, it was constantly going, it was never quiet. And when my accident happened, there wasn't much for my mind to focus on. You know, it would lead me into very depressive thoughts <laughs> and I'd get anxiety. That's why I had panic attacks. And this was the first thing I wanted to start observing. Why, like, why is my mind doing this? You know, what in the world <laughs> is triggering it to have these crazy thoughts? And can I stop it? Can I master my own mind? Can I control these crazy thoughts? That's what I needed to do. I mean, it was literally like I had to or else there was no way I could continue going the way I was going. And I just got fascinated. I got absolutely fascinated by my mind watching when someone said something, it triggered something in me. And then it was like, oh, that's not me. Like I, I it was like, I could disidentify. I realized like, oh, there's someone there observing the thoughts. Okay. It's almost like the sky is always there behind whatever weather whether it's raining or you got a hurricane or it's sunny or it's snowing, the sky is like omnipresent. It's like that, that sky is always in the backdrop and the weather is just kind of moving through. And I started to realize like, that's me. I'm the one that's like always there. And these thoughts are just coming through. And sometimes they're all I can see. You know, I forget <laughs> because I get so wrapped up in them. But when I started to quiet myself and I started to say, okay, don't, get so engaged with these thoughts, like observe them. Let's see if we can't figure out the root of them and get rid of the issue, you know, so then it's quieter in my head and it's a better place to live. That's how I did it. And the book I wrote, Mind Control, it's all in your head. It's a, it's an ebook. It's something that I just wanted to kind of put on paper exactly this, like the essence of well, what was it that I did so that I could master my inner world. And everybody can do that. 
you know, that's, it's a personal choice. I'm not saying it's easy. And I had to look at some very dark things. You know, I had to like, I had to go into my past, you know, I had to not replay things, but I had to go, where's that stemming from? You know, and I just, I brought like a, like a childlike curiosity to it so that it didn't feel dark and heavy. And it was just like, huh, wasn't that interesting? (laughs) Why am I feeling that way? Like what's going on? And that's what I started to do. And then I realized, okay, now that you've created space, you're, I don't have to just respond to a situation like I was so like programmed to do. I could actually take a breath and decide, all right, how do I want to interact and react with this? Like who, who do I want to become? And in each given moment, I'm creating that person. And so I, through that, it's really interesting I didn't know at the time what I was doing, but I tapped into the law of vibration. A lot of people know the law of attraction. The so many people, right? Like, you know, you can, you can create your world, you can draw it in, but really that's a secondary law. The primary is the law of vibration. It says whatever's, whatever level you're vibrating at, that's what you attract in it. And it's just like attracts like vibrational frequency. It's why some people are constantly like just going down, you know, one thing after another keeps happening. That's their vibration. When you're in anger and fear, it's a low vibration. You keep pulling in more things to be angry and fearful about. And then you have these other people that like just keep succeeding. You're like, how are they doing that? Same thing. <laughs> they tapped into, you know, this energy that they've held and an, an attitude of gratitude, joy, like it's a higher vibration. So when I shifted my inner world, Fred, I attracted in a breakthrough health technology that literally stimulates cellular repair in the body and it allowed my brain to repair something I had been told was impossible. At the time, I didn't realize what I had done, but what I want everyone to understand is it was an inner shift. Like I shifted my inside world. I got to a space where I was happy, where I was in a space of gratitude. And all of a sudden it was like, ding, all right, here's the next step. Now let's get your brain fully repaired. Phenomenal. You know, and I've, I've gone on now to educate thousands of people about that exact health technology because I thought, well, I went through this for a reason. <laughs> you know, I was meant to find this and now I'm meant to pay it forward and help other people. And so that's why I say like this happened for me and it's something I'm grateful for because there's thousands of people that would be struggling with their health had I not gone through what I went through, you know, it's just the ripple effect. We, we can impact so many people. Wow. Janelle, as we kind of wrap up here, I want, I want you to leave our listeners some tangible takeaways. I mean, there's so much that we've, we've talked about here and we could go on forever. I mean, I like some of the things that we've talked about, like the external uh, incident plus your internal response, you know, equals your reality. I love that. Magic happens out of the comfort. There's so many things that we've talked about, but if you were to maybe talk about three or four takeaways here um, that our audience need to take away from this experience, what would those be? I would say to ask yourself this question. So next time there's a challenge, there's an obstacle, there's something going on. Life is not going the way that you expected it to, (laughs) which I'll say expectations are the seeds of frustrations. All right. Life is generally not going to go the way you expect. Um, And when you do, you get frustrated when it doesn't. But if that's happening in your life, I want you to just ask yourself this question. What is this challenge making possible? 
And just ponder that or write in a journal if you like to journal. What is this challenge making possible? And just step back and see what comes because your higher self, you have one too. It's going to come through and it's going to help bring some clarity to this situation. And it's going to say, well, maybe this is the little push you needed to do that. Or you know what? This is something that, you know, you've been you've been avoiding dealing with for a little while. Like we need to release this. Something will come and I don't know what it's going to be for you. And the other thing I'll say is remember the triggers externally, people, places, situations, right? Whatever's happening externally, politics, the workplace, they are your teachers. Mm. When you get triggered, it's not the thing that's the problem. I'm sorry to tell you, it's you. (laughs) There's something within you, unresolved, unfinished, right? Those sunglasses you're wearing that is making you react to what that person just said, did, how the situation unfolded. So sit with that. It's kind of hard to take to go, okay, it's on me. But guys, it's so empowering when you realize like, oh, life is actually unfolding for me to figure out the stuff that's unsettled within me so I can get rid of it so I can live a in a higher vibrational state so I can live in a space where I create miracles every day, where I create my world from the inside out. Like you have that power (laughs) that is sitting in you and uh, you're playing too small. If you haven't tapped into it, you know, and don't, don't avoid the things that tick you off. Like use that to figure out, all right, what's the lesson I'm supposed to learn here? What's inside of me? Hmm. You know, where can our listeners um, find more about you Any social media handles? Someone wants to reach out. Maybe, you know, you do some work with, you know, outside of here, but what can you share, you know, your contact and how they can learn more about the work that you do? Yeah, Instagram is probably the best one. So it's just my name, Danielle Matthews. And I've got an underscore at the beginning and the end. Um, My link in my bio, you'll see information about the book. If you want to grab the book, it's free download. Um, I teach guided meditation. So there's some guided meditations. It's going to help you quiet your mind, right? Because so many people say to me, Danielle, just my mind won't stop talking. And I'm like, it will (laughs) with practice. Um, and then if you're interested in that technology that really helps stimulate, you know, healing in the body, it did for me and it might for you. Um, if you're needing that at the moment, reach out. I'm happy to talk, happy to connect. Just let me know that, you know, you listen to me on Fred's show and I'd love to continue the conversation with any of you. Awesome. Danielle, thank you so much for coming in the podcast and first of all, sharing your powerful story, but then how we can look at things differently and realize that life happens for us right not not to us really i appreciate your insights and your experiences and thanks for using your story to impact lives around the world and to you our listeners we couldn't do this without you so thank you again for coming janelle and to your listeners for tuning in and until next time we come your way again with another episode thank you and stay well